Praise the Lord and welcome to our Monday morning and Thursday morning. When we get to Thursday Bible study, we're presently studying the book of Hebrews in chapter 6. And today will be as enlightening as all the rest of the sessions that we've had <coughs> here concerning what, what we see in this first six chapters, for the most part, is a wake-up call to God's people. And uh, the, the, the option, uh, really, the command is given to go on. But with God, it's always uh, man having a choice because we're not robots and, and, and God doesn't just make us do things. He, he offers us the opportunity to walk in His blessing and to walk with Him and to know Him and to grow in Him. But we can always opt out, choose not to. We can always be told we're even going in a wrong direction and refuse to repent and wake up and go the right direction. And our understanding that we have come to the conclusion of is that the first six chapters of Hebrews are really a wake-up call to the church. And it really, it really starts getting specific at the end of chapter 5 when the Lord says you uh, should have been a you should be teachers by now and all these things and uh, and we'll cover that here in just a moment but let me just say how pleased and thrilled I am for the few of you who have heard the call of God back to the cross back to faith and grace back to the the true hiding place and functioning place by the spirit and the, the place that's weak, but yet we live by the power of God. And so we're, we're so thankful uh, to be in these last few moments of this time called the fullness of the times of the Gentiles, Jesus called it. And as this age prepares to close out, uh, horrible things, horrible darkness will seem as though it's prevailing but the light of Christ is always going to prevail wherever it is found. And the light of Christ shines in the hearts of God's people. And we are seeing here in the book of Hebrews there is a, a wake-up call. And, and again, it really gets specific about what's wrong and, and, and things that are the way they are that are wrong and the way they should be, what ought to be. And only the, 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 the Christian who has a, a true heart for God, I, I'm not talking about feelings and emotions and rituals they go through to try to prove to themselves and God they have a, a desire for Him, but uh, or their delight is in Him. I'm talking about those who actually want to serve God and they want to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They're, the Lord will bring those to a place of truth, sound doctrine. Don't, don't think for a minute that there aren't millions today that won't stand at the great white throne judgment declaring what they did in the name of the Lord because Jesus tells us that is going to happen. Now, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. And he'll say, I don't even know who you are. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The earth is full of that today. Bible-toting folk. And I'm not being ugly, but 
unless we know that exclusive avenue through which God saves and sanctifies, keeps and pours out all grace to, then two things, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, the result is only two things. We'll either quit and we'll, we'll, we'll stop doing what verses 4 and 5 tell us we began doing when we were born again. We'll either quit We'll throw the towel in, and many have, or we'll just be found pretending that this is working and that's working and this is working while nothing works other than faith and grace. That's the avenue exclusively through which God chose to save and to work and to do what He does in and through men. And we need to understand that. And so... The, the, in chapter 5, and, we, and we're going to move on through chapter 6 this morning, but and what we're going to do is we're going to read a specific verse further along than we've been, and we're going to backtrack. And, 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 but I want to start out where we're going to backtrack to. Hebrews chapter 5, the Holy Spirit reaches into this church, his church, today's church. The Bible is still for today. It's our wake-up call today. It's not just a letter to a group of people back then. The New Covenant writings, the Word of God, the New Testament, is to me. It's to you. It's to all who have ears to hear. And so the Holy Spirit, He speaks into the church today and He says by now, He's talking to babes in Christ who've been babes far too long. He says <coughs> by now you ought to have been teachers. By now, you ought to have been functioning in that which is normal for Christians, my people, to have grown beyond the milk and onto the meat. By now, you ought to be, have been becoming skillful. That means experienced in the word of righteousness. By now, you ought to be at a level of discerning evil from good, good from evil, that you have never been at before, where you no longer have to sit and listen to uh, uh, folk opening the Bible and pointing us in the wrong direction. We should have reached that place at, and proper growth as a babe in Christ on the pure milk will guide us to a place where we continue to grow and we transition onto the meat and at the end of chapter 5 describes the fruit of what that is. We, we now are discerning between good and evil because we're becoming experienced and this is all by the power of the Holy Spirit remembering he only works within the perimeters of our faith in the cross. Only faith in the cross. He, he doesn't kick us out. He's patient with us. He's, he's, he's patient with us. And His mercies are new every day. He loves us without change. He loves us, but that doesn't mean when I'm trusting in anything else that He's working in and through that. He never will. He never has. And if we think He just works in us anyway, then we don't need the book of Galatians. We don't need at least five of the seven letters written to the churches in, in, in Asia that we read about in the book of Revelation. Uh, if He just works anyway without our faith in Christ and Him crucified, and I'm talking about for more than initial salvation in the born-again experience, I'm talking about 
That's what my faith has to be in today because only as my faith is in the cross am I going to see the Holy Spirit giving me the interpretation of God's words in righteousness. That means as they pertain to the righteous work that was afforded me through the death of Jesus at Calvary. And we could get real specific into that. And if you follow our teaching, you'll hear it often. But this morning, I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 6, and I want us to start in verse 12. And as we read verse 12, uh, we're going to see something that he spoke about in the end of chapter 5. He said, I've got more to say to you, but I can't say it because you're dull of hearing. That means sluggish. That means slothful. You you need to think about these things. He he calls them, uh, their hearing hearing is, is not proper. It's become sluggish and slothful. And he says that in Hebrews chapter 5. So let's read Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. He says, That you be not slothful, but followers. That means... That word means what it meant in Hebrews 5. Sluggish. That you be not slothful, sluggish. He's talking about in your hearing, but followers of them who through faith. You can't ever... It's Without faith, God's not pleased. Hebrews, listen, Hebrews 11, 6. And the reason God can't be pleased without faith is because God can't get involved without faith. God's involvement through, gra- through faith is grace. God's grace is what God will do when He finds faith. The way it began in the born-again experience is the way it will continue or it will not continue. You, you, you got to understand that. The work God began in us, that good work, Philippians 1, 6, was based on our, verse 5, Philippians 1, our fellowship in the gospel, our belief and trust in the gospel, which is Christ and what he did at Calvary. So watch this now. It's always going to be through faith or it's always going to be through flesh. And at flesh, I'm at work. Faith God's at work. That's grace. Watch. That you be not slothful, sluggish. He's referring to where they've been found. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Maybe the use of the word patience here is possibly describing those who've just quit trying. And I don't mean trying, they, they've quit expecting things of God. They, they, well, you know it's true because Hebrews 5 says they're not where they ought to be now. And if you're not where you ought to be now, what does that mean you've become? Slothful, sluggish, impatient. Maybe we, we, can, we can give up if we become impatient. But we're told here to overcome the slothfulness and the sluggishness to be followers of them who through faith, we don't follow people who's not 
following after the faith of Christ. Not, not, not all the 90% of false teachings about faith today that's written in hundreds and hundreds and thousands of books. <coughs> but we're following those who through faith, that's the faith of the Son of God that we live by, Paul said in Galatians 2.20. And patience, it takes patience is required because, listen, you, what you're praying for, you may not see today. But I love, I love what I read this morning in the book of Psalms as, as I'm writing commentary on the book of Psalms every morning, one verse at a time as it relates to Christ and His work at Calvary. And this morning's psalm, uh, the psalmist is crying out, praying to God for Him to intervene that His enemies won't be able to prevail over Him and rejoice in their, 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 their prevailing and, 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 and that, that, that He will uh, open His eyes and, and not let them, uh, you know, have reason to rejoice when he stumbles. And through a few verses of praying and requesting uh, for God to move and, and to change the situation, he says, but I'm trusting in your mercies. Hallelujah. I'm trusting in your mercy. See, at the end of every prayer, uh, the result of our prayer the results of our prayer really is to keep the faith and to keep depending on the wonderful and new mercies of our God each and every day. And let me say this today. If we're living by the faith of the Son of God, that simply means if our faith remains in Christ and His redemptive work at Calvary today, then we need to just learn to be uh, satisfied with the consequences of our faith. If God says get up and get out, there's too much mixture here. If God says I want you to do this, that, stop that, stop that. If the Lord allows things that we don't like to take place, I'm talking. I'm not talking about because of sin. I'm talking about because of our faith. We're living by faith, and whatever happens because of our faith, we should be satisfied with the consequences uh, that's taking place. Because if we're living by faith, that means God, by grace, is doing what's being done, allowing what's being done, and working it all together for our good. Amen. So He says. In verse 12, don't be slothful. Wake up. Quit being sluggish. Because, just because everybody around you has, has uh, moved into some mixture, just because everybody around you has decided that this is, this, I man, I'm satisfied where I'm at. This is so good. This is so, so nice. And, and, and I, I think we'll just stay here. No, God's calling you to wake up and to get up and to move on. Hallelujah. To grow up. Glory to God. So he says uh, that you be not slothful, sluggish, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Those who are followers of the faith are going to inherit the promises. Those who throw everything away for a, a right now crown, throw all the cross and all the, 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 the things of the Lord away, they put all that away. And, I, you know, I, I, I once tasted of it, I, you know, and I know all that's right, but you know, but you know, but you know. And, and God only knows where they truly are. I always have to say that. But I do know this. Turning away from the Father's plan, which is 
faith in the cross of the Father's Son, turning away from that, there's only one result and one place we can end up. That's the pig pen. And I also know this, that just because I end up in a pig pen doesn't mean I'm going to be like the prodigal son that gets up in a realization that I have messed up. I have sinned against God and my Father and I've got to get back to my Father. There is a remnant hearing the message of recollection, of reconciling. I'm not talking about from uh, to be born again initially. I'm talking about we've been led astray and blown around by every wind of doctrine and that's caused us to become sluggish in our hearing. And, and we've not any longer followed those following after Bible faith in the cross, but and if we're not following after them, then we've grown sluggish in our hearing. Always remember the church in Sardis, my friends. Revelation chapter 3, they had a name that they were alive. They thought they were hearing from the Lord, receiving of the Lord, and just blooming and blossoming and blooming of the Lord. And Jesus intervenes through a letter through John and says, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. And always remember, it's one thing to be alive in Christ and altogether a different thing to be living in Christ. And I don't want to, I don't want to stop tasting of that which I tasted. I don't, listen, go back and look at verse 4. Yeah, verse 4. I don't want to stop the process of being enlightened. And that's where these folks were. That's where these folks were. The Lord is faithful and merciful to reach in among His people with a wake-up call because they'd grown whatever. Weary, slothful, for sure the Bible says that. And they were content with where they were, just showing up and continuing to talk for 40 years about the first principles of the oracles of God, the, the first teachings of, uh, of Christ, how all these things in the Bible relate to Him. But God says it's time to awaken from your slothfulness, your sluggish place of hearing, and allow me to take you on into that which perfects that which now allows me to apply what you've learned about Christ, how the Bible relates to Him, to allow me to apply that to your life in experience because only in experience comes the discernment that you need, the functioning in the gift that I've given you to function in in the church. Only through the experience of the word of righteousness. And so... We don't want to stop being enlightened. We, we, and we don't want to move to a different avenue of enlightenment. That is where the danger comes in. We begin to listen to those use the Word of God out of its true source of context of light, which is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And, and we don't want to stop tasting of the heavenly gift, which is Listen, the Holy Spirit, which is the faith we receive, which is the righteousness that we've received. We don't want to stop tasting of these things, but we don't want to stop, listen, we don't want to stop partaking of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And that's exactly what happens when we move the object of our faith from the cross to any other thing. We stop partaking of the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot of people would disagree with that, but again, if they 
disagree with that and they think that God just works in them anyway without their faith in the sacrifice of Christ, then we need to throw out the book of Galatians and many other portions of the New Testament, but it's just, it's just not true. That we, I mean, it is true that God only works within the perimeters of our faith in Christ and what He did by faith at the cross. Anything we're functioning in today that's biblical and a, and, and a place of functionality in sound doctrine, that means we're functioning in the things that are Christ revealed to us through the cross. We're not even humble unless it's His humility afforded us at the cross. We're not living by faith unless it's the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. We're not living by grace unless it's our trusting in the grace that Jesus tasted death by at Calvary. We need to understand that we're not functioning in anything that isn't Christ through the way of Calvary, our faith being there. So let's get back to this. So in verse 12, he tells us, don't be slothful. But don't, quit, quit, quit following those others who are slothful. But follow those who through faith. Faith is an action word. It's a verb. It's, faith is moving. Faith, faith works. If it's not working, if there's no fruit, the Bible says faith is dead. It's not functioning. So, but we've got to follow them through who through faith and patience means we're not quitting. Hallelujah. We're going on with the promise. We're, we're going on today denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Jesus. We, we, listen, just because things don't look like they're going to turn out right, that very thought makes us look back to Calvary and see what we thought wasn't turning out right and the way we had it planned at all. And well, I guess it wasn't Him. But in all reality, three days later, He said, I told you I was Him. I told you what I came to do. You didn't believe me, but I'm raised from the dead to Prove to you that the cross works. And if that's where your faith is, faith works. Hallelujah. So, but we've got to have patience. We've got to depend upon the Lord. So when we backtrack now, let's look at verse 9. Verse 9, but beloved, we're persuaded <coughs> better things of you and things, <coughs> excuse me, that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. What are those things that accompany salvation? Well, what's he been talking about? What are those things he's been talking about? In chapter 5, he tells what's missing that needs to begin being seen and experienced. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there he's persuaded better things of us that accompany salvation, meaning we don't stay slothful, but we hear the wake-up call of God. No matter who else comes with us, we're going to rise up and move on and, 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 and get planted in a place where they're preaching the of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary. And then the whole Bible begins to be turned on and God shows us what He's done so He can reveal to us what He wants to do now in us and through us and all the works He's called us to walk in. Hallelujah. So, so that when men see our works, 
they're going to find a place of boasting in God. Some of them, hallelujah, but that's what he wants everyone to see is his work taking place in and through us. And, and he says here, we're persuaded better things of you. What do you what, better things than what? than remaining slothful, than remaining in a place where he, he just mentioned, oh, it's raining, but you're not producing the right, you're not bearing the right fruit. Thorns and thistles can be bare by the child of God, but he'd rather see us bearing the fruit of his work in us and through us. Hallelujah. We're persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. In other words, that's why we're saying this to you. So so that you won't stop tasting. You won't stop growing. You won't remain in this complacent, sluggish, and slothful place even though you're being pulled on by every side. All this cross stuff, all, all these people, all this cross stuff. We're fine where we are. We're good where we are. Look at all the things we're doing. No, we need to get planted in the house of the Lord where we can flourish in the courts of our God. And there is no flourishing. If, if, if we're complacent, if we're sluggish and slothful, there is no flourishing anywhere except where we are learning learning God's Word in the context of the living Word and what He did at Calvary, then we can see all that God has called us to do and find the power to walk in it so it's Him working in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure and He's the one that's producing the fruit in us and we're bearing it out. Hallelujah. Glory. He's magnified. The Father's glorified and we're just learning to hear the wake-up call and we're not going to stay here I had a choice some 17, 16, 17 years ago to keep going the direction I was going. But I thank God that He spoke to me and I heard the wake-up call. To hear the wake-up call, you've got to be able to take a rebuke. You've got to be able to be told you're wrong and accept it by the Lord. And that comes through people most of the time. You've got to be able to accept that. You've got to be able to accept that in a, in a life-changing, ministerial-changing, marriage-changing way. You've got to be not only convicted of the Holy Spirit, but convinced to the degree of movement by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, too many times we're convicted by the Holy Spirit, but we're not convinced by Him. We, 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 we hear the conviction. We see the issue, but we just remain settled. I don't know what lie we believe that we'll do this, we'll eventually get there and God's going to have to do it and God's going to have to do it. God's trying to do it now. Hallelujah. And he's That's what the conviction is all about. And uh, He wants us, but we've got to accept the rebuke. We've got to accept the changes without reasoning them all the way. And I'm thankful for a people of God who are learning to hear the wake-up call and to rise up and to begin to function in that place that God's called His people to function in. He says in verse 10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. See, the context is still the same. You have ministered, but He's looking for you to also today be found ministering to the saints because you're with the saints, following along with the saints. Hallelujah. 
those who are through faith going to inherit the promises with patience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In verse 11, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. And that's what we need in our hearts, the full assurance of hope until the end. This world is dark. This world is perishing. It, it, it tries to put on a show like it's going to be here and party forever, but this world is perishing. And those who have eyes to see, see why it's perishing. They recognize the perishing and what's causing it, and it's sin. They boast in their shame. They glory in their shame, but they're only boasting in death. They love death, even though they don't know that. The Bible says they love death as they boast in glory in their shame. The world is perishing. Never think for a moment that although the world today looks like it's, it's going to rain and the evil's going to just take over and, and snuff all the Christians out, that's not what God has said, even if it comes to that in an almost a, a, a complete appearance. It's going to look like it before it's all over that, that Israel the one God has promised to, to do so many things through and for that it looks like they're going to be just snuffed out forever. But Jesus, at just that right moment, is going to come back and save even all of Israel in that day. And I'm thankful that we can look at the cross today and see what it really looks like in the natural but then through the faith that comes from hearing the Word of God, we can see what really happened at Calvary. And if that's where the Lord finds our faith, then we can watch our God really at work in us every single day as we serve Him in righteousness and true holiness without fear. That's Luke 1, 74 and 75. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today and join us in a great time of fellowship in the Word as we're looking into the book of Hebrews. You can join in with us every Monday and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. And uh, we just encourage you to pray for us as we're praying for you. There's a lot of things happening, a lot of uh, mixture, uh, even among those preaching the word of the cross today. There's a lot of attacks upon that which is true, as always has been. But I'm praying that you and that our ministry would stay the course and that we would find that full assurance of hope to the end. Don't forget you can donate to the ministry if God stirs your heart to do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you right here Wednesday night at 640, Thursday morning at 830 a.m. and Friday morning at 9 a.m. We love you and we're praying for you as the Lord continues to do great and mighty things through our lives. Hallelujah. See you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.